Y'all doing good? Can I get my mic up a little bit, Sam, just so I don't lose my voice too much? So good to see you all. It's President's Day. Got one, yeah. It's awesome. I love this country. I do. I love this country. I was just in, um, in I'm, I'll get to that in a minute. I'm actually going to do something a little bit different. I know this is going to totally throw off our media people. Could you actually just turn off the live stream? Uh, we can totally keep recording, but I really felt like what I wanted to share, I wanted it to be just in this room uh, this morning. <clears throat> Not like anything like top secret or nothing. Um, but again, I just want to just reiterate what Brandon said. I want to just honor um, the pastors of this house. Where are they at? Could, could you come up here real quick? We just want to honor you guys. <laughs> I just want to tell you, hey, Sam, can you give me up just a little bit more? I just want to tell you what, what, what they did for us. Uh, our, our place is being renovated. Not only are they allowing us to have Monday service here, they are allowing us to have offices right across from that modular. They are allowing us to have our kids' room right here next door. And there are a lot, how many, how many are, how many can be particular, like with your stuff, like, like you got your room, you're like, you got certain ways and certain, anybody like that? Like, I'm like that. Like you come in, you may not think I'm watching you, but I'm watching you the whole time. Like you just moved my vase, you know, like I'm, I'm very particular. They have just come in with open arms. Like, could we move this? Could they're like, move whatever you need to move. And I really feel like God's going to bless you guys like never before. You guys have opened up your doors to us and we're just honored to, to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. You want to say anything to the crew here? We're just happy to have you guys. I don't, my husband is somewhere, but I speak on behalf of everybody. We're happy to see what God is doing in Pasadena, bringing the ministries together to be able to share the space that he's given to be good stewards of what he's given. So we're just happy that you guys yeah. are here. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> guys, give it up for Pastor right here in the back. He's walking in. He's walking in. <clears throat> And I want to just honor one more people group, and I call them a people group because they are a people group. I want to honor our One Voice crew who every day, they come in and they set up on Sundays. Man, where's Sam at? We call him, he's the Bruce Lee of Sound Engineer. Not just because he is Asian, but man, he is a beast at what he does. Where's his wife? Where's Lindsay at? All the way from Canada, come on. We believe in interracial marriages. Come on, just saying. Um, last week, I just want to say, last week I wasn't here. Brandon, I heard just, just, just it was incredible. He blew it up. And I just, for those of you who were here last week, <clears throat> I did hear that like Holy Spirit broke out in the room. And I just want to, I just want to make a disclaimer before we move on. In our community, we do not apologize for Holy Spirit. He's not a, a drunk uncle that we're ashamed of. You know, your drunk uncle, like, sorry, he never does this, right? We're, I just want to make that disclaimer here. We're not ashamed of Holy Spirit. And when he breaks out, just because something's the, um, the abnormal side doesn't mean it's not normal. Just because maybe you grew up a certain way of viewing God a certain way doesn't mean that's the only way of viewing him. I feel like what makes up the body of Christ is the fact that it's a body. It's different parts. I just wanted to say that we, we don't apologize here. And this morning, I wanted to share something really quick. Uh, I had this, these two words that came to me when I was in Brazil. And these two words, if you just look at someone next to you, say, it's both. That was so weak. We try that again. Look at, look at the other neighbor that you ignored and say, it's both. <laughs> say it in Spanish. One, two, three. 
Now, when I was in Brazil, uh, I wanted just to recap this moment. And what I'm about to share is, is going to be really humiliating to me. But I, I just figured the best way to, um, to, the best way to begin to crucify my flesh, I guess you would say, is begin to humiliate my flesh. <clears throat> so, um, thank you. Thank you. Um, the only words I could describe when I was, so I was in Brazil uh, last, uh, last week. I'm going to Argentina in April for another, so another send. There's stadium gatherings there. Then there's going to be one in America and Kansas City. What, what, was, what was crazy is in Brazil, um, they, they opened up registration last year for the stadium event. And in, in six hours, sold out um, 82,000 seats. They beat, is it a U2? Is that what they're called? Is that the best? I'm not like, they beat U2. And oh, they also beat Coldplay by like one hour of selling out. A, a gathering that was for Jesus beat Coldplay. So my friend Teo, he's freaking out because he's leading it and he thinks there's something wrong. He thinks the system crashed. So he calls the company. They're like, no, these are, these are paid tickets. The stadiums wouldn't allow them to do a free event. They had to do a paid event. Be just because it's just the way the stadium was. So then they did the second stadium, which was about a mile down the road. That sold out in eight hours. 65,000. Then they did another stadium, which was in another part of the country. And that one had about maybe 40,000. All together, it was, my numbers are off, don't steal me. But all together, it was 150,000 people. Historic. I had to go because I knew it was historic. I knew it was going to be life-changing, transforming. There was, I mean, I, I, I wish I could have showed you the video didn't upload, but it was, whose hand is that, Manny? Okay, no, no, wait, 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 pause. Wait, pause, pause, pause. I want to show you this. So I actually took this, and when I was in Brazil, I took this video. Just take a look at this really quick. This is from Brazil. That's one of the stadiums. It's filled all around. That's the second stadium I went to. Historic. How many of y'all getting the chills just watching that? I've never seen nothing like it. There were so many salvations, healings, missionaries were sent all over the nations from that place they had six thousand commit to reach high schools in brazil historic and to top it all off i wasn't at this stadium but in brasilia there was a stadium where the they're in the middle of their service and all of a sudden the army starts coming into the stadium because the president had invited himself <clears throat> he shows up to the stadium the army's walking in Everyone, how many of you know, like, everyone's freaking out. Like, no one cares what this person's saying anymore. They don't care what Bethel's, it doesn't matter. Like, <clears throat> the president's here. Everyone's looking. And then all of a sudden, he starts turning around. He's going to walk out. And so one of my, my buddies, Felipe, he's leading the service. And that morning, he got a text message from one of his buddies who's just, they're just always in prayer. And he sent him this random text message that says, hey, today you're going to meet the president. And you're going to hug him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, love you. Like, you know, what do you say to that? So the president comes in, they, the president starts walking out, and all of a sudden, Felipe just fills in his heart, hey, why don't we just, or the president is here, why don't we just honor him in our country, and we're just going to sing the national anthem. And so the whole stadium began to sing the national anthem. And Felipe says the presence of God falls on the stadium. He's on his knees, bawling to the national anthem. I definitely would cry at my national anthem too, right? Yeah. That was a U.S.A. 
USA. And then he opens up his eyes, and the president is standing on the stage. He freaks out. He goes, and he hugs the president. And on that stage, the president professes that he is now a believer. On that stage, historic. And you would wonder what possibly could have gone wrong in this weekend. And I wanted to share with you, in the midst of God moving, what was going on within my own heart. Because what I experienced outwardly was very different than what I was experiencing inwardly. I've, 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 just, I've, I've just learned this, like the, outwork, the outward workings of God are always very different than the inward workings. This is why you, I want you to understand, God can very much move outwardly and you not feel anything inwardly. But it doesn't mean he's not working something in you. Your feelings is the most deceptive thing you can follow because your feelings will make an incredible follower but a terrible leader. How many of you have ever had the thank God relationships? The thank God they're over. You ever had those before? How many have ever, ever like, like, I'm married now, so I look back, and I, I literally, we're, uh, we're talking to all the, the girls in our house because they're all like single, and I was like, man, I don't miss singleness at all. <laughs> like, I don't miss your season that you're in at all. And I literally was like, singleness sucks, you know? <laughs> How many people don't ever hear people talk like that? They're like, marriage is a, is a chain and a ball. I'm like, no, not for me. Like, you're on the chain and the ball. Like, I'm free, you know what I mean? Like, Third baby on the way. You know what I'm talking about? Be fruitful and multiply. Triplet, you tripping. I pray that on you. <laughs> free, free. So check this out. I wanted to share something this morning that was both embarrassing and humiliating. I believe that if you humiliate your flesh, it will lead you on the path of, of being humble. Right? And so I wanted just to do this this morning, and please don't judge me for what I'm going to share this morning. It may seem so petty to you, but in the moment, it was so massive to me. When I was in Brazil, what was going on outwardly was very different than what was going on inwardly. See, for the past eight years, there's been a scripture that I've lived. Uh, I feel like it's been lived through me, and it's Proverbs 18:16. And the scripture is very simple. It says, a man's gift makes a way for him. Now, I'm a, I've, I'm, I'm a musician. I've been playing music for a long time. So I've always had uh, gifts since I was young. There's always been something cool that I could do that was out of the ordinary. So when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old, I was playing Stevie Ray Vaughan already, Jimi Hendrix. I was listening to all these blues music. I always had these little gifts that kind of, kind of um, put me in rooms that I didn't deserve to be in. You know, I remember I passed my English class and my Spanish class because I would play guitar for my teachers in class. I still don't know Spanish, and I still can't really write English. Like, if you know my text messages, you know that to be true. <laughs> right? Bull. If, yeah. So I've always had these gifts. Then I got saved, and then I learned that I had a gift of communicating. Because before I got saved, I was just really quiet. And then when I got saved, I just got a big mouth, and I just began to tell everybody about Jesus. So my gifts have always made a way. So since like, for like eight years... I have been able to see God move from a different angle than most people. Where most people, and this is not, I just want to just, again, just sharing my heart here. Where most people were in the stands, I was behind the stage. From, I think it was the week after I got saved. So I get saved in 2016. I was talented in music. They immediately put me on the worship team the next week. So I was barely learning about Jesus, already playing like, here I am to worship, lead me to the cross, 
I didn't even know what the heck I was playing, but I was just like, I'm just here to, to play music, you know? And through that, God worked. But what it did to me is it created a sense of entitlement that I didn't realize I had until I went to Brazil. So I get to Brazil, and, and, and I end up at the, God would totally orchestrate it this way. I end up at the biggest stadium, um, which is the one, the first one that we showed you, Morombi, I think it's called, or something, you gotta look it up. And it was a stadium where I knew hardly anybody. I didn't really know anybody there. All the other stadiums my buddies were at, so they were running them. And, when, you know, when I, when I go to those stadiums, it's like backstage, green room, free sandwiches all day, you know, like juice. And all the juice in Brazil is freshly squeezed. doesn't matter where you go. So, it, you know, it's not no Minute Maid concentrate stuff. So I get the stadium in, in the biggest stadium. So I get there, and, of course, I'm used to walking in. Hey, my name is Brian Barcelona. I'm pretty sure I'm on the, the, the list. And don't take this as a prideful thing. I just share my heart. Hey, my name's Brian. Um, I'm, you know, I'm pretty sure my listener there. I'm from One Voice. They don't know me. They for sure know One Voice. Um, and they're like, hey, I'm awesome. Well, you don't have any, you don't have any uh, credentials. I'm like, really? Um, I th think that's a mistake. And I'm smiling. I'm being polite because I'm like, I think they made a You know, because my, my buddies are running the event. I'm like, you know, so I get there. They're like, actually, we don't have, but we can give you one of these other badges here. This is so embarrassing telling you this, but I just got to. It's the only way I'm going to be able to finish what I'm going to preach. You know what? Because all of you are entitled in some capacity. You just don't talk about it, okay? I know when someone cut in front of you at Kentucky Fried Chicken, you got offended, right? The heck, who do they think they are, right? I just want to go there because I feel like, I want you to understand something. Leaders can't just lead in areas we think will be applauded. We have to lead even in areas we think will be like humiliating. And so this is one of those moments. And so I'm like, well, are you sure? I said, well, why don't you grab me so-and-so? Uh, I'm pretty sure he can help me. So so-and-so comes. I'm like, hey, man, like, they didn't have a bad. I'm seeing, like, other people just walk in. And I'm like, how did you get in? Like, this is, and this is, I know it's terrible, but this is what's in my heart. And so, like, people are going in. They're like, hold on. They're like, this is a mistake. Like, hold on, hold on. And I'm, and I'm like, John, John, you better get me a badge. Like, you find a way, you know. And so... Long John John's with me, Mark, and I think it's very weird for John John as well. He even shared with me. John John is so used to coming in with me, and he's like, "It's so weird." So we end up not getting a badge. We end up having to go to this room, and not only do I not get a badge, I'm not allowed on the ground because people paid for those tickets. So they stick me in the furthest room on the furthest seat from the stage, and I'm in a room with a bunch of Brazilians that I don't know. I knew one guy in there, and he even came up to me. He's like, "Hey, is your heart okay?" I'm like, "I'm fine." You know, I'm like, how do you know? Lita, Lita was in. Lita was in the other stadium. He wasn't in the one I was in. So I'm in the back, and I'm just sitting there. And then, if you know, one of our uh, one of our main uh, the main people that uh, she donates to one of us, she was with us, and she even had a badge. And she comes back, she's like, "Wow, you're in the farthest seat from the stage." I'm like, hey, "Yeah, yeah, thanks." Right? I'm in the back, and I'm just battling this internal thing of like, I feel terrible because I feel like I deserve something. And then I feel terrible for feeling that I deserve that. And then I'm kind of conflicted in the back of this room. Like I deserve that, but no, I don't deserve that. Have you ever been there before? This is why most people get offended with church because you see church as a country club or a gym membership that you think because you pay a tithe, you think it's a membership fee. You and this is why most people leave churches. They've gotten offended. What I'm sharing is where they get offended. 
it's the entitlement, and it's raging in our culture today. It's, I mean, has anybody ever struggled with that? Like you felt like you deserved a little bit more than maybe you really did deserve? That was me. I'm there, and I'm just like, oh, where's my badge? <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, if I had a badge, I would lift my hands to you. Like, Lord, like I could post and people would see. Like, <laughs> this is what's going on. And so I end up going, I, I end up, I, I literally was like, hey, John, John I'm just, I literally, this is how bad it got. I was like, hey, bro, I'm just going to go to the hotel, man. I just feel like the Lord wants to give me a dream, you know, <laughs> on the bed. I just don't want to be here no more. And I text my buddy. I'm like, bro, where are you at? He's like, I'm in uh, Alliance Stadium. I'm like, bro, can I get in? He's like, come over. So I got over there. Darren, I got over to that stadium. And anyways, it was, it was cool. But <laughs> we got sandwiches and juice and all that stuff. But you know what's nuts is it didn't satisfy anything in me. And I realized that. I realized how over the years uh, we confuse God's anointing for our entitlement. And we confuse the fact that he does something through us as if it actually is us. I don't know if you've ever been there before. You know, this, this upcoming year I'll, I'll be speaking in two stadiums in, in Argentina and in Kansas City. And what's, what's so crazy is, you know, I, I think I remember the first time our band ever went on a big stage. It was in Washington, D.C., about 15,000. We had Francis Chan. And we got off the stage, and it just didn't suffice anything in us. I mean, I don't know, maybe if you guys would agree with that. Like, there wasn't like we walked off and we're like, now we can die, you know? There, there was, I feel like there's this facade that culture paints that certain milestones, when you hit them, then you will be satisfied. How many of you ever felt like that with money? Like, man, if only I had a little bit more money, then I could really love God, right? Then I could pay my bill. But the money doesn't suffice that. There's something that's deeper that's going on within you that's not being met with natural things. And so I get on the plane, and then I end up sitting next to Matt Gilman. If you know Matt Gilman, he's a worship leader. So I'm just having a moment with God. I'm super frustrated. Me and my wife are trying to get a home right now. We're in that process. And on the plane, I get an email that the second home we're trying to get falls through. And that is where I lose it. But I can't lose it too much because Matt Gilman's next to me. I could already see him like, holy, holy. Right? I could already see him. But he... This is interesting. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Everybody with me here? Can y'all just like... Listen to me with your eyes for a moment. I'm sitting next to Matt Gilman, and I'm just like literally having a fit on this plane. And I'm like, I didn't get a badge. My house fell through. And I'm like, dude, first world problems. First world problems to the max. And I just keep hearing entitled, entitled, entitled. And I literally am like, fine. You don't want to bless me. Then fine. And then I'm like, I'm sorry, give me that, I don't mean that. Like, I literally felt like a pregnant woman. Yeah. Come on. And I've, we've had almost three kids. Almost. One more's coming. Like, so I've seen the emotions of a pregnant woman. And women, you have the right, okay? I'm not saying you don't. You have the right to eat pickles and Slurpees, okay? And the whole time, I literally feel like this crazy boyfriend texting my wife. Every five minutes, where are you? Where are you? God, what's going on? I'm sorry. 
God, it's so frustrating. Oh, the Lord loves us. No, he doesn't anymore. Like, it's just, it's this back and forth thing, man. Has anyone ever been there? Has anyone ever gone through that? This was me. And then I'm like, I'm just going to watch a movie. Right? I don't want to read the Bible right now. I'm going to watch the movie. So I put on, they didn't have the passion. So I put on the, the closest, godliest movie I could find, right? Because I didn't want to go all the way to the deep end. So I, I put on Selma. Dr. King. Yeah, Selma. What did I say? Oh, Selma. Salmon. Selma. So I'm watching this movie, and it's a good movie. I'm getting inspired. I'm like, I have a dream too, God. I wanted that badge, and you didn't give it to me. It's not letting it go, man. And, and I'm watching Selma, and there's this guy in the movie who has an organization in the city that when Dr. King comes to Selma, he had an organization, and because his organization wasn't the one leading, he didn't want to march. And I'm watching that, and I feel like the Lord said, that's you. What if I want to release revival all around you and you were a major part of it, but you weren't the center of it? Because it's easy to pray for God to move in our city as long as it's happening in our church or with our group. But what if we're praying in a city and he starts breaking out in this church down the street? So I literally have this moment of just like, all right, like I don't understand what's going on. And I realize that situation, check this out hear the situations reveal the inside of a believer more than services do i'm going to say that again for you situations reveal more of what's going on on the inside of you than a service does because even right now some of you are still detoxing from your life it takes you about 20 to 30 minutes just to get presently in the room you're detoxing from your phones, from thinking about emails, social media, your family, your friends and then about 30 minutes in you're like okay i can breathe right See, he agrees. Situations reveal the inside of a believer more than services do. And loving God in disappointments is love that is maturing. Because only babies pout when they don't get what they want. Disappointment, check this out, disappointments point to the greater issue. If you start looking at disappointments in your life, not as letdowns from God, but actually for the greatest indication of what's really wrong, you'll be able to move past them a lot quicker than you do, and you won't get bitter in the process. You know what I mean? Like, like how many have ever, how many have ever um, known someone that when they're like hurting, they're like, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. You're, you're like, okay, okay, what's, what's going on? I'm just in pain. You're like, okay, where? I'm in pain. You're like, where? I'm in pain, right? You're like, if they could somewhat identify maybe an area, you can help them. Is it your leg? Is it your back? I'm just in pain. Okay, what's in pain? Do you realize that pain isn't bad? Because pain points you to the problem. I got a grandpa who refuses to go to the hospital. He's old school, full-blooded Italian. Refuses to go. Why don't you want to go? Because they might find something wrong with me. So why wouldn't you go? He's coughing up blood now. Really sick. Not doing well. Feet are swelling. Diabetic. Won't go to the hospital. Pain in his body, but refuses to allow his pain to point to the real problem. This is why most people numb pain. And here's what's crazy. Pain, again, pain isn't bad. I want to tell you this, pain's not bad. It's not bad to feel pain. When you feel pain, you're acting, you, it, it's, a good, it's, it's a good thing because it's, you're going to be able to get healed through that process, right? The problem is when you, when you sit in pain too long, you don't let the problem 
be sought out. Your pain turns into bitterness. And bitterness masks the real problem. It's like sticking a bandaid over this nasty wound that needs to be sewn up. Does this resonate with anybody? I've seen more people walk away from their faith at the wall of disappointment, not realizing that on the other side of the wall is breakthrough. Most people, they are disappointed with someone in the church. They're disappointed with something that happened. They're disappointed with a leader. Could I just tell you, could you guys give grace on leaders? No leader is perfect. And I promise you will reap what you sow. You sow honor, you reap honor. You sow blessing, you reap blessing. And I promise you, God will always give you a you one day. Just smile at that. One day, if you lead a team or you lead in any capacity, whether you're in business, church, education, God will graciously give you a you. How many are stoked about that? I'm like, heck no, please. Not of me. I told my wife, you know why I love you? Because you're nothing like me. There's sometimes she'll start sounding like me. I'm like, no, I didn't marry myself. Don't sound like me, please. Like... You have to understand that what God wants to do is bigger than this room. God so loves to do massive things in small moments. He loves to heal deep wounds in real moments. Don't despise, listen, I want to tell you this, don't despise altars. If you're like, what's an altar? This would be considered an altar. Don't despise answering altar calls. I heard this guy say this, ripping him off. God alters lives at altars. And you may think, oh, why am I going to go up, man? I'm going to go up again for this dumb same thing over and over and over again. Here's a crazy thing about when God breaks through in something is you never know the moment it's about to break. You never know the moment. I want to tell you, so we, we, me and my wife, were, we were, you know, we're planning to get a house and we're first-time buyers. And so we were able to get a 5% down. And, and so we, had, we were in escrow on this home. It fell through, but we were on escrow in this home and we we're so excited because we're, we're pushing forward, and we, we needed, we needed $5,931. Y'all hearing this? $5,931. So we're praying. We're believing God's going to give us the money. Well, I start getting doubts. So all this other money had come in, but I start getting doubts. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to come with $5,931. So I text the agent. I'm like, hey, how much more days of contingency do I have to back out of this offer just in case I can't come up with the money? Now, God already had provided a ton of other things, and everything else was pointing to, like, I'm going to provide. But I'm like, just in case, just in case he fails, what's my backup plan? How many of you live life like that? So I was like, hey, how many days? He goes, you got 12 more days. I said, okay, 12 more days. That day I go out to the mailbox, and I check the mail, and I see this envelope. It says Brian and Marcella, and I open it up, and there's, it's cash. And I'm like, all right, you know, a couple hundred bucks is great. $5,931 of cash. No note, anonymous. Now, I live in a missionary community. <laughs> so I know all the missionaries are claiming that right now, but I've seen your bank accounts, and I'm just like... <laughs> We can't live in that place. We can't live there no more. Don't despise answering altar calls that could alter your life. Disappointments reveal things in ourselves that blessings can't. 
Can I say that again? Disappointments reveal things within yourself that God's blessings won't reveal. It is easy. You know how many people I've seen fall away from the faith from when I got saved? So many people. It doesn't impress me when I see a teenager love God. Sorry. Even an older teenager. 18, 17, 19, 20, 21. Like, let's see you when you're in your 30s, 40s. 50s, and I'm not there yet. I'm still walking that out. Like, there is a longevity that God wants to develop in a room that comes with both blessing and disappointments. It's... It's both. It's both. I'm sorry, I'm not a prosperity preacher who just says God just wants to bless you with houses and cars. There's great persecution that comes with the faith we believe in too. Jesus, and I love it because he promised it. It's not like he bamboozled us. He literally was like, hey, like people are gonna hate you. You ready? Like persecution was promised. God wants to move on the earth with revival, salvation, stadiums, people getting saved, but we don't wanna miss what he's doing within us in that process. And I want to break a lie in this room that when just because, I want to break the lie that when you feel 100% okay, all of your thoughts are fully on God, you're reading your Bible, you're doing all that, then you are a true believer. I want to commend the believers in the room that are fighting right now. You are fighting for your faith. But at least a fight is not cowarding out. A fight in your heart still shows me that God still dwells there. And the fact that you fight still shows me God is alive and well on the throne of your heart. Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. You gotta understand, there is a war that we wage. It's far beyond people's words. It's far beyond posts and comments. It's far beyond little things that we go through on the freeway when someone cuts you off. There is a real war that is for the souls of believers. It's for the salvation of believers. Can I tell you what also I see? There is a war for the authenticity of faith in our country. Satan is, is totally good with you attending a weekly service as long as you're not a sold-out believer. Because what we have today is not sold-out believers. We have sell-out believers. That was good. That was good. We don't have sold-out believers. We have sell-out believers. They've sold out to the culture to be relevant as if they're not going to stand before the one who formed them in their mother's womb. Man, we're going to, in a moment, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to pray in this room because Holy Spirit's been doing something incredible. And I love what Andy says. This isn't hype. It's faith. When we get up here and we're praying and we're stewing, we're not trying to hype you into a bunch of emotions where you, no, 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 no. We're saying, I believe God so much. How many of you like love this? You watch the Super Bowl. Anybody? Anybody watch the Super Bowl? Even if your team wasn't playing, huh? The halftime show. How many of you watch the Super Bowl? Anybody? How many of you just didn't even care? Your team wasn't on. You're like, I don't care. How many of you know that even in a Super Bowl game, how many watch the World Cup? How many at least watched one of the Remembrance games for Kobe? Okay. How many of you know in a game, you vocalize the faith you have in the team that you're going for. You're watching that game, and all of a sudden, like my wife, if you don't know my wife, she may seem like she's just chill. She is not chill at all. 
when the Niners play, she's possessed. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's like, come on! I'm like, dude, what's going on here? Right? I don't, I, she gets wild, okay? She gets wild. Her, her voice expresses the faith that she has in the team she's believing to win. This is what, this is only you understand prayer in the simplicity. When we get together and we lift up our voices for something, we are simply expressing that we have faith in the winning team. And the crazy thing is Jesus isn't trying to win. He already won. You're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. There's a difference. And I'm believing in this generation, we're going to see no more casualties. I'm tired of seeing people fall away from the faith. And us just being okay with it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I want to believe that there will be zero casualties in one voice from this point on. I want to believe there's going to be zero casualties in our families. Why not believe that 100% of people could encounter God when we go into a room? And people who live that faith, it means something to them. Right? And no disappointment can knock those type of people off course. See, Paul writes letters. If you don't know that, he wrote wrote letters in the Bible. And for some reason, he felt that he needed to write two to the church of, of, of Corinth. And I wanted to read you a part of the letter that he wrote. I don't know if we can get it on the screen here. But I wanted to read you this. And this is in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 6. Yeah, this is it. It says this, For he says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Let me just read it from here. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Everyone say, Behold. Behold. Now, is now is the acceptable time. Acceptable. Behold. Now is the day of salvation. Next verse. So how many of you know he's, hold on, wait. How many of you know he is setting us up right now with expectation? Could I just say that? Like, like Paul is literally like, all right, check this out. Before I go into all this stuff right now, right? You ever have, how many of you ever know when you're going to get rebuked? How many of you know when you're going to get rebuked? Because the first thing they do is they're like, hey, you're amazing. I just want to start off. They buy you food, right? That's my tactic. If you know, hey, can we get coffee? You know what that means, right? <laughs> hey, I just want to say, you're like, man, you, you dress really well. <laughs> Haircut, I love it. So anyways, um, Paul is doing this right now. He is saying, look it. Put it up, Manny. Come on. Put it up. Put it up. Come on, Manny. Come on, Manny. He says this. The acceptable time, behold, now is the day of salvation. He is setting us up for something great. And then he goes into this. Come on, Manny. That was your cue. There we go. Giving no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. Do you understand that offense in the heart of believers discredits what we do and what God's doing in one another? When I'm offended with you, it discredits you. You're offended with me, discredits me. And you know, guess what? When you have a church of people that are offended with one another, there's discredit with the whole church, what does that do to the believer outside of the church? It makes them not believe the faith because the Bible says that he, we will know we're his disciples by the way we When there is offense, there could be no love. When there is no love, there is no God. Can I keep going? But in everything, commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, 
in afflictions, it's both. In hardships, in distresses, it's both. In beatings, in imprisonments, it's both. This next one here, I actually had to write down. In tumults, how you say that? Which means loud noise. In labors, it's both. In sleeplessness and in hunger, it's both. Next. Now it gets to the good stuff. In purity, in knowledge, because it's both. It's not just sleepless nights, it's purity too. It's not just hunger, it's knowledge too. In patience, in kindness, it's both. In the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness. Do you understand that? Can, can I? I just need all you right here. Your righteousness is the greatest weapon you possess in the kingdom of God. And here's why it's the greatest. It wasn't given to you by you. Therefore, it can't be taken away by anybody. That's why it's the greatest weapon. Nobody but God gave you the righteousness. What is righteousness, Brian? Righteousness is right standing with God. When you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you are grafted into his family. My wife and I, in the next few years, want to get on the path of adoption. We want to adopt kids. I don't know what we're getting ourselves into, but the community living, I feel like, has prepared us. Now, when we adopt a child, what I've heard from people that have adopted is they take the old birth certificate that the kid was born with, they destroy it, and they issue a new one. And no longer does that child possess the identity he was born with. He possesses the identity of who's now taken him in. This is a picture of salvation when you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Your old birth certificate of sin, of addictions, of brokenness, all of your family, those of you who blame your family history on like the way you are, that is all destroyed the moment you accept Jesus. You're given a new birth certificate, a new birthright. Now it's your choice if you're going to walk that birth certificate out or go back to how you were living, but you're given the ability, you're given righteousness. And righteousness means right standing with God. And righteousness has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with everything that Jesus did. Bible says this, the word of truth and the power of God by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand, or for the right hand and for the left, it's both. By glory and dishonor, it's both. By evil report and good report, it's both. Regarded as deceivers and yet true, it's both. There's going to be people that say you're deceptive, but you're going to know, no, 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 this is truth. As unknown, yet well-known, it's both. As dying, yet behold, we live. As punished, yet not put to death. I'm finishing here. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing all things. Can you say with me, it's both? It's both. It's both. I'd love for a band to get up. That's why I was giving them the nods, but no one got the nods. It's all good, Bailey. It's 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 both. Do you know where we get hung up? 
when we want a one-sided God. Where we only want his hands, but we don't want his heart. You know that there's one man-made thing in heaven? You know what that is? The piercings. It's the only man-made thing there. Why? And I always thought, why did Jesus like not like, when he went out, why didn't he just like, just like seal that up? Put some putty up in there. Just pray over it. I think he left it to remind us that it's going to cost everything. It's both. The formula, check this out. The formula to make it to the end is loving God, yes, but embracing both, everything, everything. This is why marriages end in divorce. How do you know anything about divorce? I am the only Barcelona married to my first marriage. I think I know a little bit about divorce, other than my grandparents. Everyone's been divorced. And not like good divorces, like Nasty divorces, child support, court systems. Where people miss it is they have this facade of marriage. They get married because, not even because they love the person, they get married because they love the idea of the person and what that person could be for them. Me and my wife do premaritals and we always ask the, the couples, like, why do you want to get married? And you always are going to get the facade answers at first. She's amazing. What about when she's not amazing? <laughs> she's beautiful. Yeah, well, what about 50 years from now? She'll still be beautiful. She'll still be beautiful. Yes, but, but no, no, no. But if all it is is facade. If all it is, if all it is is outward, what is going to sustain you? Well, he makes a lot of money. Yeah, what about when it crashes? We have a generation that doesn't love both. That's why, can I tell you, like, like I'm not, again, I love, I love social media. I love how we're connected to each other. I think every generation of revival use social media of their time. But can I be honest? It is easier now for us to embrace one-sided because of this culture. Because I, I can have an appearance of relationship, but not actually know you. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of you don't know me. You don't. You don't know the struggles I've had. You don't know the, the moments of frustration I get sometimes. And then I justify it because Moses got angry. You know? like, you, like, can we be honest here? Most of you don't know anyone in this room. The person next to you kind of know them. Unless you're married, then you really know them. Hope. Like, it's a generation that needs to embrace both. The formula to being a real Christian that changes the world is to embrace both. The full package of God is both. You get bitter when you don't realize that you actually need both. You need moments where you pray and God answers it. And you need moments where you pray and he doesn't. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> like literally, we drove up to that first house we were going to get, and I felt it was God. Yeah. This is our house. I'm going to march seven times around it, you know. 
Well, not around the whole house, but just around the, the parking lot, you know? <laughs> Give me that oil. <laughs> Crazy us, right? <laughs> Fell through. I'm like, all right, God, it's good. We good. Don't understand, but we good. Second house, boom, fall through. All right, now I'm angry. Because you said you would bless me. And I felt like the Lord said, who said I hasn't or haven't? It's mercy. The things God says no to in your life, oh, it's mercy. You just see where you're at. You don't see where you're going. That relationship you ended was mercy. That city you left, it was mercy. The place you didn't get was mercy. I thank God he didn't give me any of the relationships I asked for prior to Marcella. Because I asked him. He said no. Oh, was there many tears of crying. Because you're young. And you think you're in love when you're 17. You do. The only thing you love is yourself. It's true. And that's okay. You're young. You'll get it one day. But it's both. The men and women that are shifting history today have made a decision to live both. When I went to that stadium, I seen men on that stage that weren't there for a platform. There are men. You know, Andy Bird is one of my friends, and he's leading the send all over the world. And you would look at Andy and say, oh, man, lucky him. You don't see the Andy that's been, what, 20 years in YOM, hidden in the mountains of different nations, in, the, in these countries, in the Himalayas, and in these nations that were closed off, just seeking God with a handful of people. I don't remember who told us the other day, Andy actually, was he went and fasted for, what, 30 days in Alaska with a handful of people, and that's where the send was birthed. So you look at the stadiums, and you see the big gatherings. You don't see Andy with his little team in Alaska, and they're not live streaming it. Hey, guys, just here praying. And then you're all, just keep me in prayer right now. Just fasting away. I'm withering away right now. But, and the Lord's like, there's your reward. Where's the men and women that will embrace both? I want to pray for this room. The Bible says when we decrease, he increases. And today is not about just, like, I don't want it to, us to leave with just looking at the inside of us. Today I want to commission people. I want to commission you to both. In Matthew 28, 16, verse 20, this is what it says. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. Come on. Any doubters in here? I'll throw my hand up with you. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority. And I love this. In the midst of their doubt, he doesn't say, hey, your doubt is really going to hinder me. He says, okay, check this out. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on the earth. Verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
The promise of us going is that Jesus will never leave. I want to commission us in this room, no matter your age. If you've never, maybe you've already been commissioned, but I want to recommission you that you would take the gospel out of these walls. Some of you have jobs that you're working. You're not there for a paycheck only. There are souls that need Jesus. Some of you have platforms that God has given you. Those platforms are not just to satisfy an inward thing. It is to share the good news. Some of you have dreams of being in politics and making changes in laws. And I encourage you, you go. We need people who are part of the kingdom of God in these positions of power in our nation. People that carry the heart for the orphan and the widow. That aren't just taking a position of power to gain something. Those of you who have business ideas that God wants to expand and break you out in other nations through those things. Those of you who are burdened in this room for missions, God wants to actually send you. Maybe you're called as a missionary here in this country. Maybe you're called abroad. Like, whatever it may be, embrace both. Embrace all those things in Corinthians in every area of your life. Can we commission people this morning? Can we do that? Can I just get uh, just people who are a part of our, our, our prayer team up here? If you're part of our, our leadership here, I want to get you up here. Here's what we're going to do. Just, give me, yeah, just, just stand here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to pray for you. Maybe you've, how many is your first time? Can you turn down these lights just a little bit? I love to see some faces. How many are here for the first time? Anybody? This is your first time here. I hope you are not freaked out in any capacity. Um, what I want to do is, I want, we want to pray for you. I believe that Jesus wants to do something special. And what he wants to do is not just for this room. I was born to parents who weren't married. I was conceived in the back of a truck. My mother was 15 years old. That was my story came from a broken home, abusive family, never seen a good marriage, got radically saved as an atheist at 16 years old. I stand here today as a picture of grace, as nothing more. But grace that's not commissioned does nothing. What's the point of me sitting in a church and that's it? when God has given me a voice to see the captives free. But guess what? He's given it to you too. This scripture does not discriminate against certain people to say, well, you're not in leadership, so you can't be commissioned. Man, this scripture says, I've given all authority. Go and make disciples. And I believe there's a generation, listen, the question is never, does God love you? Do you love God? If you love him, you obey his commands. Simple as that. Our daughter's learning that right now. She'll go and do something wrong. We're like, what are you doing? I love you. <laughs> and we're like, if you love us, obey us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just don't hit your sister, please. Like, strike one. Man, that's the kind of believers that I believe are raising up. The, er- the gray areas that used to exist in our culture, they're gone. The line's really clear. And I feel like, man, wholehearted believers want to pray for you and commission you this morning if you want that. 
And what we're going to simply do is you guys who are up here, we're going to have people just line up. You could just start lining up here and you're just going to pray. You're going to bless them. You're going to commission them. You're going to prophesy over them and you're going to let them go. We're going to move on to the next person. This is very, very, very biblical. There's a reason why Jesus gave a charge to his disciples. And we're not saying we're Jesus, okay? There's a reason why he gave a charge to his disciples to go. And what we want to do is give you permission today. Not that you need it just from us. But we want to give you permission with scripture to say, man, go everywhere you're at. Go make disciples. You're, how many Uber drivers in here? You got people trapped in your car for like 30 minutes. Share the gospel with them. Like, man, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the, the airport. Oh, man, it's like an hour. Hey, tell me about your life. Oh, wow. That sucks that that happened to you. I got a similar story, except I'm not in my cage no more. I got set free. What do you mean? Oh, here's what I mean. I'm not saying you got to blow shofars in people's faces, okay? Throw oil on them. Like, no, no, no. I feel like Jesus is normalizing Christianity in our generation. What you think is supernatural is very natural. In the kingdom of God, the word supernatural doesn't exist. Because what is supernatural here is natural. I really think this is why Jesus was so like driven to heal the sick. Because where he's from, there's no sickness. It's like, oh man, what's paralyzed 30 years 40 years oh my gosh <laughs> come here get up <laughs> oh you can't see oh <laughs> oh man you've had a demon for how long oh that sucks come out <laughs> it was never the bizarre ones that couldn't follow it was always a religious stuck in their seat of religion what are you today you gonna stay in your seat thinking you have it all together or get up today and say god do something today that's different don't leave the same you didn't give up your it's already inconvenient you didn't give up your monday for nothing it's president's day you should be home sleeping why are you here what if you come to see a man dressed in fine clothes and i was playing no I wore these sandals on purpose. <laughs> it's John the Baptist sandals right here. I want you to do me a favor. If you want to be commissioned, I want you to start lining up. And let's say she has someone, just get behind them. We're just going to start lines here. We have one, two, three, so four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We have 11 lines. We have 12 lines here right now. We have 12 lines. Just start lining. We're just going to, and you guys, the band's going to begin to play. You guys are just going to pray, bless, prophesy, commission. Next person. If that's you, I want you to come up here. And we just want to pray and commission you where you're at. Come on, just find someone here. Get in line. Get in line. Every single one of these people carry power of the Holy Spirit, okay? It's not just one. Just get behind them. And then when you're done, just hang around here in the front. 